welcome to the Crazy Bird podcast. I'm your host, Violeta Kaminska, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt Van Rijs. Hi, Matt. Hi, Violeta. Today, our guest is Yunchen Lin, also known as Q. Matt, can you tell us a little bit about Q? I sure can. Yunchen is a visual artist from China living and working in New York City. Oh, I should try that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah here hold on i have i have like a weird window like just slightly blocking the text all right don't worry when this comes all together you won't even notice my problems <laughs> all right yunqin is a visual artist from china living and working in new york city she received her mfa at the savannah college of art and design her work is largely experimental visual art creation by combining photographic media and natural interaction she creates new possibilities Yunqian chooses to shoot using film because of its value to her as a physical entity rather than the virtual one of digital image recording. The physical negative provides expanded possibilities in her experimentation and her exploration of the power of nature to make marks. Additionally, the negative represents human-made objects in her creations. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast, Q. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We are very excited to have you here. Yeah. I thought maybe it would be good for our listeners if we started talking uh, about your process, because when they look at your images, I think one of the first things they'll think about is, man, how how does Q get to that particular type of image? So maybe you can tell Violette and I a little bit about how you how you produce some of those more experimental images. For the medium, as you mentioned about I using film to shoot the landscape photos, eventually at, when I was in school, I moved from like the medium format film to a by ten large format camera. So I using color large format film to shoot the landscape, and after I process lens, uh, process the film and get scanned for the original image, I took the film back to the natural environment, which I did the photograph. So I create my my personal scene to hold it, the <laughs> negative so it can let it stay in the same place. But even though sometimes I just lost it. <laughs> so I just, I buried it on the ground and sometimes I just sold it into the water. It depending depending on what kind of the landscape, what kind of the scenes I shoot it, photos. And I will come back and forth to checking the film. I think it was every day. And after I get the result as what I expecting to be, I took the film out of the water. I using watercolor paper to transfer the emotion layer from the color film. Because for me, the emotion layer kind of like a time mark for the all for the whole process. So the image people can see eventually is I using the flatback scanner to scan the whole film. So it contain the texture from the film layer and also by the natural elements I colliding by the film, like sand, some grass, some watermark. So like everything came out together to have my final work. I'm curious, Q, do you ever know what the result will be? When you take your image back to the nature, do you ever know? Or do you think what it will be like? Or do you just completely 
you know, you you wait to see. There is no expectation. I'm just curious. Um, I think at the end, I kind of can know because I do a lot of, I do. I think almost I can I can tell over, over fifty or over sixty film different film, for through my whole process. I think in the end I can kind of like to predict what type of the uh natural elements can causing the different patterns, but I don't I don't know what gonna be the result. Because I think once Matt may know, once mm-hmm. I bury one of the four by five film near the Savannah River, and then that due to the hurricane seasons, I cannot come back to the location to check after seven to eight days. After I eventually get to my film, it completely gone. Like all the emotion layer just gone. So. The final result collecting from that time is only a piece of the transparency <laughs> plastic. Yeah, like for me,、uh-huh. I'm happy and open to every result because the process is is the things I enjoy the most. So every time I come back and forth and I stay with the natural environment, I do feel it adds something to my finals. Even though I lost the film eventually, but it's still one of the result nature gave it to me because we are kind of eco. Like one days, I think I was talking to one of my colleague right now, and I say, "Oh, I collaborate with nature to do my work," and he was saying like, "No, you are not. You are not the nature. Just one kind of the medium. You as an artist, you choose." To work with, I say no. For me, I feel like no. It is not a million. It is another person. So we just like doing the sensing together.、Mm-hmm. I have a, one more question here. You mentioned the river when you lived in Savannah. How do you choose your location, and how do you decide what location you want to work with and collaborate with? And do you go back there several times to learn more about it, or you just pick it? Do your work, and then you never go back to that particular place. I do at the beginning of my process. The first location I did, it is ski away state park. I think it's like very beginning. Back to the- I saw that on your website. I、yeah. saw it on your and I loved it. So <laughs> I am all excited, crazy bird now because I love going to Skidway. Yeah,、and、you know how I what I call it. I have a name for Skidway. I always tell my friends when they ask me where are you or where are you going, I'm like I'm going to my jungle. Yeah. Right, because you know, to me, it's such a、uh, Savannah is such a, um, it's a very different environment from what I know. Moving here from California, I love all those palm trees and alligators, but、uh, <laughs> but I love that landscape, you know.、Yeah. And I saw it on your website, and I was just curious how. Why did you choose Skidway? Why did you? How did you work around that? I think. At the beginning, I just skip away because, ma'am, maybe you will remember,、uh, we went to the skiway to do hiking several times with、mm-hmm. with my roommate. Yeah, I yeah. Have during that time, Wendy. So it is like I always love nature. So living in the Savannah, even though it's not like the big jungle city in New York, but it's still like a small town surrounding the, by the people. And I always like to have some chance, like being with nature, like nature surrounding human more. So I like to go to Skidway. 
a lot. And at the beginning, I I have the idea to try something as my process because the hurricane. What is the name for the first hurricane we had? Uh, that might have been Irma. I think was maybe the first one. There was also Matthew. Matthew was the one where we had to go away. Oh, Matthew! I think it's the Matthew one. Matt yeah, one. that was one where we had to evacuate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Named after me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it is like all begin after after the hurricane. So when I come back, when we come back from the evacuations, I went to I went to Taipei at first. I see a lot of fallen trees on the street and. The the beach just like completely different than the one than than I saw before, and I went to the skillway. I saw a lot of trees. They they stay here. I don't know. Maybe like ten years or even more, and they just fall down. And the weather is something. I feel like human cannot be controlled, and we don't know what gonna happen. And I for. Like being the in that location to seeing all the things change by a week, I think I can say it just like I feel the such of the power from nature, from the different aspect. And after I think after a month, I when I come back to Skillway, like all those statues, they you can see like the small grass started to growing, just like the life circle. So it giving me more emotion, like tied to the nature. So I I choose I choose Skillway as my first location to do my experimental. So during that time, I just bury the film into onto the ground. And after I get how can I say I get the taste of the, <laughs> what you eventually gonna be. So I tried several different things. I. I bury the film on the Forsyth Park, and even the plants in our department, on our apartment, and I do. Eventually, I try something and try something related to water. Is because Savannah was snowing, one times during the winter, when I come, but when I come back from New York, like everything covered by like. Like the snow and the ice, I feel like that's incredible. It's the south, and people keep telling me like Savannah hasn't like snow for I don't know thousand years or something. <laughs> I think it was like twelve years since they had okay <laughs> long time though. So I, so I just like simply had well, I have one shoot of the film. I haven't shoot anything. I just directly put it into the snow. And I just weigh the snow melting and the water, so like kind of like cover the film, and the final result give me the surprise because the texture has more like soft movement than the one I bury on the soil. What's the average of like you know like when you bury your images? Like what's the average time frame?、Mm-hmm. How long do they stay there? For depends on the weather. If it's like the it's like the raining season, I don't bury them more than a week because I did like several times, several times like experiment. Like after a week, it begin I just losing too much information. I cannot even tell what it looks like original. Um, 
but for the for some like dry season, I I even tried like more than two weeks. It still hasn't has any change. Mm-hmm. Wow! So it's like every time it's just like so different, but the water is like a little bit different. Like walking with different than the soils I walk with. And then your images. What's the scale? Are you working with large scale or small? Like the final image. I think it was large. It's is fifty inch. It's fifty inch by forty inch. Do you think that the scale matters in that case? Yeah. Do you need large because maybe you are seeing more details? I'm just curious. Yeah, like people give like through the school, like the portfolio class during the critique, I get a different different feedback from what I gonna be eventually present my work. I personally like the large scale. If I have ability, I can reach even more large scale. I may go larger. Because I like I like the way when I standing in front of my final image, it just like I standing in front of my scene. The ways I every time I stay in that come back to the location and stand here, it give me the same feeling like bring me back to the natural environment. And also when as you say like larger scale, I can see so much detail. All the sand, all the grass, like all the scratch from the waters or from from the soil, you can easily to tell. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited about it. The whole process, <laughs> fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, you know, because my work is also about nature, walking, exploring environment, and it's interesting. I will see place certain mm-hmm. way first time, and there is something that interests me about that place. Mm-hmm. And I don't try to think much about it yet. It's, it's just interesting overall. And then I keep going back to that place. And I realize always that I learn more and more. And at the end of a project or after getting to know that place, observing it, suddenly I see it slightly differently. It's not the same perception I had in the beginning. And I'm curious with your work. So, for example, Skidway, you went there and you were looking at Skidway. You saw Skidway before hurricane, after hurricane. So that's a normal kind of situation where people go for a walk and they see before hurricane, hurricane, what a place looks like. But as an artist, so you had your, um, you worked with your images there, you buried your images there. And then there is a final image on a large scale. And I'm curious, do you, for example, Skidway or another place, does your work affect how you perceive nature, that particular area? Or is it, you know, because now you're looking at the image mm-hmm. and it's not literally a photograph of that, of that place, but you just said, when you look at it, you remember the watermarks, grass. So you actually see it, you remember what you are depicting. Obviously, a viewer... Somebody who admires your work, they see abstract work, and it's fascinating what to for them to learn how it came to life. But for you, right, you are collaborating with nature, and I'm curious: do you have a different perception of that environment? I think I do have, but I'm not like I think I get a lot of people ask me: is it like specific reason you choosing the location? I I always said. Maybe not, <laughs> <laughs> because I think the most the most thing interesting me is not about the physical place at this point. It is about 
the elements, just water in general, water, soil, weathers. So, like the different plants, it is maybe there's nothing. If I'm not in scat, I may be choosing the other part of the water area I can walk with, and I think the. I I like the I like the way I come back and forth. At the beginning, I show the photos. It is my understanding about the landscape at first. It, I think the view. I trying to as a photographer. I trying to using my perspective to capture the image. It is a great thing. You can see large large of the water scale, and you can see the beautiful clouds and like all the things I trying to capture then. But there's only one moment, right, from the photography. But after I bury and took back my film back to the location, I extend the conversation between me and the nature. So it's like kind of like back and forth. So I, I feel like the nature definitely. It sounds weird. <laughs> definitely. Know what I'm trying to doing, and they trying to give me something, and sometimes it take away something,、mm-hmm. but everything is valuable for me. Is I like oh I I think I always talk to other people is like the the point the emotion connect with me and nature maybe not every audience gonna get through, but I like. How my abstract image can can give the audience the different perspective. Like people will think about um, in environmental issue, is it about the water pollutions? Is about like all kind of the things. At the at the very beginning, I was struggle a lot because I I always feel like oh people cannot understand. I'm not trying to criticize anything. I'm trying to tell you. Nature, just like us, as a they have their personality, they have their ability, they have their power. But at the end, I, I'm quite open by the different understanding about my work because I think it's good. If if you look at my work and think about, you have to protect nature environment. I feel happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your work is also very vibrant. The colors,、mm. and I'm just curious about that too. Does the color play its role here? And sometimes I think hurricane. You know, I think of dark colors or gray or really brown because of soil or muddy water. And there's this very vibrant, full of life kind of color scheme. And the color is actually I'm not controlling the color. The color is about the film. The film has different. Dial layer. The color film have this uh three different dial layer: magenta, blue. Oh my god, magenta, blue, and and what? <laughs> Suddenly block. Maybe I think it, yellow. Yellow. I think it was yellow. I sign yellow. yellow.、Yeah. So it they have the different layers. So every time different time framing, they will take away from very surface into the end. So the the color is actually come from the film as a photographer. I think I just wanted to provide something I use to express my artist like feeling. So it's I choosing film as a medium, and I like the way 
the eventually the color became like so strong and powerful because visually I think it also connect to my like emotional response to the nature. Is the power just like so strong and so passionate? So I I like it, but I also I started to trying to do my wall with the reverse film, so it will has like blue, purple, then the other layer, so it will kind of like turn out a different perspective, more like cool color. I started to explore using the different photo photo media. Because, yes, I think the color is also one of the language we can use as an artist. So I do wanted to explore more. Yeah. Now, if I recall correctly, fairly early on, you had actually started with black and white, right? In mm-hmm. maybe when you were still doing the um, the four by five small, the smaller negatives. Yeah. Um, and you moved to color kind of through the the experimentation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at, at the beginning, I tried black and white colors and also the darkroom paper, so silver gelatin paper and cyanotype, like different light-sensitive material. And I eventually feels like color negative providing more information and provides more possibility to the nature they can work with. It's almost like you were giving nature... A, a bigger tool set, a bigger palette to work with <laughs> yeah. yeah. when you were collaborating. So your work is all about nature and it's really nature because my work is about landscape, but can be city landscape, but yours is specific water, grass, plants. And it seems like you're drawn or maybe it's, that's where your work is. Um, your work is about really kind of raw nature, more nature really outside of the city. And now you live in New York City. My question to you is Q. So how does that work for you? Yeah. Do you actually work that's difficult in New York City? Would you go to the park and bury your <laughs> film there? I I didn't because the coronavirus, I haven't I, I already haven't had a lot of time to do my work. But at the beginning I have when I moved to New York City, I started to think about oh for now I don't have my eight by ten camera and I don't have the easy way to accept like natural environment. So what can I do to keep exploring my idea? And at the beginning I saw about to build up my personal pinhole camera. I wanted to collecting some natural elements from the city like maybe the tree bark or like different elements from the city and trying to using them to build up my personal camera. And and then the image will be different. I wanted to, I started to, I, I still like trying to figure out how I gonna do this. I wanted to let the nature, I wanted to see what nature sees, see the world. So that's the that's the idea I have right now. But I still like do some research and try to working with right. it. Uh-huh. Yeah. But is it always more of a wild nature that you are looking for and works for your work? That's what you used to more of something that is more of a not so urban. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but I still like city. 
there is nature, but there's no nature. I think I think it's it's a kind of like weird boundary between them. More controlled. Yeah, it's it's still you cannot say New York City there is no nature because there is it, <laughs> and human also right. has nature, so it still has a lot of like possibility. I just trying to figure out which way I'm decide to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting with COVID-19, a lot of artists are suddenly are reflecting on their practices because a lot of artists like you, for example, when interact with environment and have to use maybe public transportation to get somewhere that, you know, you, you have to re- reinvent almost yourself. But also I think, as a creative individual, it's very obvious and it's normal that whatever is happening around us, our reality affects how we feel mm-hmm. and how we start perceiving yeah. our environment. And there are different ideas also coming, right? So sometimes I hear from artists that they're even trying, there's a lot of experimentation or trying different methods of making or even shifting you know, their practice, which seems like a natural also. To me, it's a growth, like part of life. It's normal, but I think the times are really interesting that are kind of forcing us to maybe take those directions or sh- make shifts in our practices because mm-hmm. we have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have a lot of choices at this particular moment <laughs> right. in time. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. there is there is an option, right? You can do nothing, but I think yeah. a creative person cannot function normally doing nothing because there is so much creativity that needs to come out, right? Like it doesn't. Yeah, it cannot be contained in human body. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that energy has to have somewhere healthy to go. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I wanted to maybe touch on before we wrap our conversation, you you sort of touched on it already. Cube, this idea of the process of going back many times to the same location and mm-hmm. maybe spending a few minutes or or longer there, depending on kind of what you were doing. I guess, what was that like for you as like, what was your experience? Like, did you find it very relaxing or was it hard work? You know, was it like a lot of work? Cause I know, you know, you were studying as, cause we were studying at the same time. So <laughs> I know we were both working very hard, but um, well, I guess, what did you feel in those moments when you weren't in the lab scanning the images or, or printing on new experimental papers, but when you were just, like at the location, maybe waiting or checking mm-hmm. on a negative or something like that. What was that? What was that experience like for you? I think for me, it's more relaxing. Yeah, I think because there's the there there is the place I came here, and I cannot do anything because like I just let let go my photograph my my photo there, so it it doesn't like. When we when we are in the school in the lab, when I scan the film, I have to make sure how you can how I can get like so much detail, how I gonna do do the color graduation, how I print my paper, I I need to do like the darkroom, how I calculate each of the chemical, everything I have to pay attention. But when I came to nature, I just nothing. I I already let go. It is the time for the nature. They do what they want. They do what they want to do. And when I check in with my film every day, if if I put up from the water, it looks horrible. But it's still 
I cannot do anything, right? I either take it home or I or just like let it go for longer time. So for me, there's my I don't like to using the word meditation because I I don't I didn't do any like meditate here. I just like bring my coffee and <laughs> <laughs> just walk around. Sometimes I get I get bothered by the mosquito, but I still I just like I just came here. I yeah, I think it's more relaxing. Do you listen to music or are you quiet? It depend it depending on where. If like when I doing my project in on the reverse tree, I will listen to the music because I have to come here quite early in the morning. Otherwise, people will wondering why there's a weird person trying to hold something back from the river. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been asked? Have you ever been asked stopped what it is that you're doing? And yeah, I have been asked one time so by the reverse tree, but it's not from the times I collecting my film. It is when I shooting. Mm-hmm. Like people always wondering, oh, there's a huge camera. What are you doing? Are you shooting like movie? <laughs> it's a movie setting. And I do because when I doing when I do with the Taiwanese islands with the ocean. Because the water is different, so I I always stay in the Taipei for a long time. I'm I don't leave my negative in the on the beach because I definitely gonna lose it. So I always holding my film with the fish line, and I have that the personal friend they can floating on the water. So sometimes there is a people like coming to ask me what I'm doing, and what it is all about. I just like telling them briefly about my project. I'm a student. I'm doing something for my final. <laughs> you're exposing fish to art. You're showing them on your fish line yeah. what you're working on. <laughs> and I did once. That was very funny. Once I do my project, it's still the time I do with a ski away. I came back. I think the one weekend before our final week. And I cannot find my film, so I try to digging all every inches of the lens on that location. And two kids they just passing by, and they started to help me. To <laughs> they 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 didn't even ask what are you doing. They just like see me. It was like, it was exciting. They wanted to dig with you. Yeah. Anxious. And the parents was like, "What are you guys doing?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were a troublemaker. You were like three golfers. <laughs> yeah, I, said, uh, I tried to telling them and and say thank you to the two little child. <laughs> Did you find it eventually? No, no. If I remember correctly, that was the lost one, right? <laughs> yeah, and the lost one. So, but hey, those children remember digging together with a crazy person in the park they had the best you know time yeah and i'm i'm glad during the time my professor i i cannot find anything i just write missed oh, oh no i write wanted on the other sheet of the paper like next to the original photo because mm-hmm. there's a result yeah i'm sorry but there's a result so my professor happy to accepting the final result <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, I expecting it is one of your conclusion at the end. 
I feel but that. it's what you said. It's yeah, what you said. you're collaborating also with nature. Mm-hmm. You're collaborating with your your collaborators uncontained. Yeah, yeah. And there's like the the unpredictable is always the things I'm very drawn to. Everyone asks me like, you should put more your control into your process. But I say I just don't like the way to control the nature. <laughs> I don't think we can as much. Well, yeah, that's that's another conversation, really, because <laughs> we've done things and nature is talking to us. But yeah, yeah. that's another conversation. Yeah. yeah, I think losing a negative, losing an image, is almost like nature saying, "I want this one. This mm-hmm. one's going on my wall. Yeah, you, you don't get to share it." You know, and I feel like that's going to happen anytime you're doing experimentation that has that level of unpredictability, which I thought was. I mean, that was one of the things that I always really enjoyed about what you were doing when we would talk about it. You would, I liked that you were comfortable letting go a little bit and saying, this is not, this part's not for me. I shot the photo. I I developed it. And now that I need to let, like, let go. I thought that was really, I don't know, sort of big as an artist to let go of some control, which is probably why some of your colleagues were not sure how to maybe how to how to respond or handle that yeah yeah i've learned so much this is really to me it's fascinating your process it's very complex there are so many steps to take. and um i really like what you said about I, I never thought about it this way so to say that you collaborate with nature it's very poetic to me mm-hmm. and it's very true and I can imagine, I know that nature is not always the easiest collaborator. It can be very forgiving and easy, but I think it can be very moody. Yeah. <laughs> Once you settle in and you feel comfortable with the collaboration, then the surprise can happen. Yeah. And, that's, and I think that it's never boring to collaborate with nature. Yeah. Because it's unpredictable. It can be frustrating, but I think that's when there is room for growth for an artist because you cannot control it. I think once you can control your outcome of your work in general, there's not much growth and there is not much excitement mm-hmm. and that curiosity kind of goes away. So I think that's what's really... I think I'm going to steal that idea and when somebody <laughs> asks me next time about my work, because I often... I get asked if I work on my own on my projects, and very often I do. Of course, I do collaborate with other artists, but my main practice is about me walking and observing environment and then working with what I get to see. But now I'm going to say I collaborate with nature. I collaborate mm-hmm. with my crazy birds. Yes. That's, that's what I love. <laughs> nice. Thank you, Q. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Q. This has been a wonderful insight into your process and your relationship with nature and your work. It's been a pleasure. Where can we find your work? That, because I'm sure that our listeners would like to, they're probably very curious now, right? So maybe you can tell us where we can find it. Yeah, I think you can see all my work from my website, killlinkphoto.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you on social media too? And also my Instagram. Oh, I cannot remember how much, how many end I have at the end of my. <laughs> Qlin. It's Q I A N L I N seven N S Nancy at the end. <laughs> That's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. We'll we'll make sure that we share a link too, so that, yes, that so people can, can find, find you and follow your work. Yeah. Thank you so much. All the best in New York City. Thank you. Thank you, Q. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Crazy Bird Podcast. The Crazy Bird Podcast is hosted by Violetta Kaminska and Matt Van Rice. Our guest for this episode was Yung Chin Lin, or Q. Learn more about Q's work on her website, qlinphoto.com. That's Q-L-I-N-P-H-O-T-O.com. We've included links in our show notes to Q's website and Instagram. Our theme music is inspired by Tambourine, by French composer François-Joseph Gossec. The improvisation is performed by Agnieszka Kovalik. The nature recordings were recorded by Violetta Kaminska. This episode was edited by Matt Van Rice. This episode was produced by Violetta Kaminska and Matt Van Rice. This has been a Plaid Production.